0: You are listening to a sermon from Covenant Hope Church. Thank you for engaging with us. If you would like more information about our church family, please visit www.covenanthopechurch. We pray that this sermon encourages and challenges you today. Good morning, church. If you have a Bible, grab it. Turn to Psalm 23. It is so good to be with you this morning. Ashley and I are so thankful for all the texts and the phone calls and the food uh, and the prayers this week, we're so thankful uh, to be able to celebrate Connor's birth, but also with you. And so we, I just want you to know that we're thankful for you. Guess, my name is Cody, I'm one of the pastors here and have the opportunity to open up the scriptures for us. Uh, regularly, we're going to uh, walk through this psalm. It's our norm to walk through books of the Bible, passages of the Bible, because we want to see what God has to say. And so we, when we do that, we want you to know there's a Bible in front of you, a black Bible. You can grab it and turn to page 4. 83, and follow along with us. And as we continue here in the Psalms, we come to Psalm 23. And if you'll remember, uh, about a month ago when we started, we, I shared with you about what the Psalms are. The Psalms are songs. They were Israel's songbook. They were prayers to God. They lay bare our own hearts and our own desires, our own concerns, our own fears before us we're able to look at them, and God is able to use them to draw us closer to Himself. And this psalm in particular presses into our hearts this morning, and it presses on us and asks the question, are we going to trust God over all things? Are we going to trust Him in the midst of good times? Are we going to trust Him in difficult times? Are we going to trust Him in times that the world seems to be spinning out of control? Are we going to trust Him when we know that no matter what we face, He stands as God over all things, the entire universe? He stands as God over the entire universe, even when your child is born in your kitchen, when all things are going crazy. He is in control. And this psalm, maybe this week more than ever, has opened my own heart to see the kind of God that we can trust in. And so as we walk through the text this morning, here's what we're going to see. David trusts God as his shepherd in the midst of danger and protection. And if you are a disciple today, we talk about making mature disciples, we talk about walking faithfully with Him, This is what we need to to do today. We must trust God as our good shepherd to lead us to life and relationship with Him. Our good shepherd leads us to life and a relationship with Him. But here's what's at stake. If we do not trust Him, if we do not rely on Him, what what, what happens if we get this wrong? Well, our lives... Or maybe filled with anxiety. There may be worries that we cannot place, but we we feel tense and anxious about just everyday life. Or maybe the opposite. Maybe there's pride that wells up inside of us because we believe that we're in control. We believe that we can protect ourselves, that we can provide for ourselves, that we can do it on our own. Or maybe it's restlessness. Restlessness. That we can never find the thing that we so long for. We're always looking for the next thing. There's always the next hobby. There's always the next uh, goal. There's always the next relationship. There's always the next place in the workplace. Everything that we do, we cannot just rest and trust our good shepherd. But what if we get it right? What if we trust God this way? This trust, it leads us to hope. It leads us to a confidence that our God is in control no matter what we view, no matter what we walk through, no matter what hits us. We have hope and a confidence that He is in control. We have assurance that our shepherd is not far away, but He is right beside us and near us to guide Lead, so that we may walk with Him. It is vital for us, church, that we trust in this good shepherd. And so, most of us know this psalm. We can probably quote it in the old King James Version. And most of us know it and we've heard it. It's, it's We are familiar with it. But I want to challenge us this morning to listen with fresh hearts. To listen, to see the proactive care of God, and to trust Him, and to see how David expresses his absolute dependence on His shepherd. Come with new ears today and focus. As we look at the Psalm, there's a couple things that we're going to see. We're going to see the theme of trust, we're going to see how God, Yahweh, leads. His sheep into abundant life. We're going to see how Yahweh provides for His sheep. He secures life for them. And how Yahweh blesses His people through faithful, trusting love. And we're going to see at the end that we have a confidence to trust in this God forever. But understand, Psalm 23's uh, peace is not an escape from the world. It's not an overconfidence. It's not a, uh, a, a blissful uh, ignorance. That's not what's happening here. No, it's, it's contentment, not complacency. There is a readiness to face deep, deep darkness and, and imminent attacks. And what we see is it climaxes and it reveals a love that our God has for us that it doesn't matter what material things we have in this world. But that we have the Lord Himself as our guide. And church, as we come here today, we read Psalm 23. It was written thousands of years ago by King David. Most likely, I believe, it was written after he had become king. He was old. And as he talks about being in the presence of the Lord, I think he understands the life of a shepherd and the life of a king. And so we come here, we read that knowing this is where David was, but we don't just read it in light of David, we read it in light of Jesus. That Jesus is the one who fulfills Psalm 23. He is our good shepherd, as he tells us in John 10. Jesus is the great shepherd in Hebrews chapter 13. And Peter tells us in his letter to the churches that Jesus is the chief shepherd. He is the one that we can trust in today. So to walk through this beautiful passage, I want to provide for us three reasons that you should trust God today. Three reasons that you should trust God today. So, number one, our Shepherd guides us to life. Look there at verse one. The Lord is my Shepherd; I have what I need. The very first words of this well-known Psalm are, "The Lord." Yahweh, the great I Am, who has revealed Himself. He is the one true and living God. He has shown Himself to Israel. He is their God and they are His people. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, and not limited in any way, shape, or form. This God is my shepherd. Notice that one little word with two letters. This God is my shepherd shepherd this personal pronoun is important for us to understand that God the God of the universe is our shepherd it reveals a pledged relationship to us from God himself everything will now flow in the psalm from the relationship that we can have with God our creator and the God of the universe and when we think about God as shepherd the most it's the most comprehensive term The most comprehensive metaphor in the Psalms is intimate. It's not just king. He's not just our deliverer. He's not our rock or our shield as often he's described. A shepherd lives with his people. A shepherd watches over them. He's a guide. He takes care of them. He's a physician when he needs to be. He's a protector when he needs to be. He guides them to life. This means that, as David says, I have what I need. Or maybe you remember the old translations, I shall not want. But don't think of this as you lack nothing that you don't desire. We all have desires that we don't have. And I'm sure there are things in your life, even good things, that you want, that you desire, but they're not needs. That's not what David's saying here. He's saying that he lacks nothing that he needs. Can you say that today? Do you, are you content? That's what, really what David's saying. Are you content with what God has given you? And it's a question that because we live in the 21st century, here in the United States of America, that we must ask ourselves, do we have enough? Are we continually going to go after things that ultimately will let us down? Do we trust God for the things that we have? That we need? He's a shepherd who guides us, which means he knows what we need. He knows what we actually will sustain us. He knows what's best for us. You can trust him because he knows. and He knows exactly what we need. Look there at verse 2, we have an abundance of of this. Look, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. the shepherd provides an abundance of the necessities that we need. Green pastures represent food, the needed food for life. The still waters represent the ability to, to rest and to, for our thirst to be quenched. But understand, in, in David's region, bodies of water were, and, and fields of green, luscious grass were not just something you just happened upon. You had to find them. They were hard to come by. This means that the shepherd had to be attentive and observe where it was best for his sheep to go, where the best food for them would be. These sheep find green pastures and they lie down in them. You think of a sheep, and it grazes and it eats. Why would it lie down? Because it's full and it needs to go nowhere else. You see the image here that now the sheep get to rest and to lay down. And then they get to go beside still waters. They get to actually drink what they need. They have an abundance of life's necessities. What are the worries that keep you up at night? What what keeps you from resting with your shepherd? Here's the thing. When sheep, when they were able to rest, they would find green pastures and still waters. They, A lot of times, they, they were either plagued by disease or, or bugs or pests, or they were fighting with one another. But these sheep, as the shepherd has provided green pastures and still waters, are able to lie down. And those conflicts, those issues, are no longer in front of them. But for us, what are the things keeping us up At night, so to speak. Are there conflicts that you have? Are there relationships that need to be mended? Need to be resolved? Need to be reconciled? What anxieties do you have when you lay down at night? Because church, our anxieties reveal what we believe about Jesus. Is He big enough? The song that we just sang. Do we actually believe that Jesus is better than any other circumstance, anything that we would want, any desire? Is He big enough for us? Is He better? Because the sheep in Psalm 23, they can rest. They can trust Him. And this analogy also offers a picture, not just of nourishment, but of protection and peace. Right? They can stop and drink and not worry about other uh, the foes attacking them. They're not worried about the, the wolves coming up behind them and, and eating them or attacking their children. The sheep can stop and drink. The shepherd is there, though, providing these things. Providing what they need and protecting them while they have their heads down in the water. They can trust Him. They don't have to look around. Most animals, when they go to drink, they go and they drink to the side so they can see what's around them. Sheep don't do that. That's why they need a shepherd. But They can trust Him when they go to drink this water. Continue in verse 3. David says, He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for His name's sake. The shepherd not only provides the necessities for life, but provides life in general. The shepherd is able to renew, he's able to restore or revive the lives of his sheep. What David means here is that he's able to bring the sheep back into the fold when they wander or stray. We know that the sheep, sheep are not the most, the sharpest tool in the shed, right? And they need lots of guidance. I don't know if you've seen the, the gif uh, on social media, but the, the guy gets the sheep out of the ditch, sets him, and he runs, and he runs straight back into the ditch. Straight back into the ditch. That's what sheep do. They're not very smart. And so they would actually continue, even worse, they would continually go over their old paths, right? So the shepherd always had to find new green pastures. So they would they would keep going on the same path every day, They would eat all the grass away. Then it gets mud and mucky and nasty. And they would contaminate the ground with their own waste, which would then be a breeding ground for parasites and disease. These sheep need to be shown where life is. And just to be honest with us this morning, David is very clear. We are sheep. Today in our political landscape, people like to use that phrase in a certain way, but the Bible says that we're sheep because we need to be guided to life. We cannot provide it or produce it ourselves because we go back and back and back to our sin. That's exactly what David is saying. We're creatures of habit. Our habits keep us from depending on God. Today in our time and place, it's easy for us to go to wake up To make our coffee, to grab a bagel and get on the road, go to work, or or nowadays go straight to the office or straight to the couch and jump on the computer and go to work. And we never once have to think about God. Our time and place has fooled us into believing that we are in control when we're not. We've been fooled into believing that we don't need God to provide or shield us in any way. We need God to provide this new life to us, to renew us and bring us back into the fold. And notice too, there's also a spiritual focus here of this, of this renewing ability that the shepherd has. This shepherd, who's Yahweh, and we know now is fulfilled in Christ, is able to renew His people. That's God's people. That's us. But to the contrast... If if you know about the shepherds of Ezekiel's time in Ezekiel 34, God condemns them and He says, you have fattened yourselves and left the sheep to wander and to fend for themselves. And so God condemns those shepherds. But God is not that way. God is the one who provides for His people, who renews His people. And you get to Ezekiel 36 and God says, I'm going to renew your heart of stone and put a heart of flesh in Inside of you. This is what I'm going to do. And now he can only do that in Christ. So Christ gives his life for us. And also, this new heart comes with a right path. These paths are the way to go, they're the direction that the shepherd wants us to go. They are righteous, they give us life, and they fulfill God's expectations for his followers. We are not left to our own devices. We don't have to think of new and exciting ways to reach people with the Gospel. God has given us His Word. And He shows us exactly how He leads us into righteousness. Because for those who have placed their faith in Christ, they are now new creatures. They are now the righteousness of God because of Jesus Christ. This is what God does. This is the The life that He provides to us. But why? Notice there. For His name's sake. For His reputation. In the Old Testament, someone's name described their character. It reflected their character. And the shepherd's character must be revealed by the sheep. The sheep's ways will either shame or vindicate their shepherd's good name. The sheep Their actions will either shame or vindicate the shepherd's good name. But there's good news. Because our God, if we allow Him, will make us new and righteous people through Christ and His gospel. It is this shepherd that guides us into life. Both physically and spiritually. He gives us all that we need and has provided in Christ the substitute that we need to be made righteous before Him. Our shepherd guides us to life so we can trust Him. Now the second reason that we can trust God as our shepherd. Our shepherd guards us from evil. Look there at verse 4. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This may be one of the most quoted Old Testament verses, in the world. We have it on our pillows. We sing it in songs. But the question is, do we rightly understand it? The phrase darkest valleys has both a spiritual and physical meaning to it. For the shepherd and his sheep, they would likely have to cross deep valleys to find fresh waters. There were lots of dangers, marauders, small cliffs and the alike that they would have to cross to get to the water that they needed. Those valleys, they speak of the darkness that you look over the cliff and you see that if you just step off, you could fall into danger. We also understand that we go through spiritually hard times, spiritual valleys, if you will, difficult times, when it feels like God is far off. We struggle with sin, we struggle to trust, we struggle to, to give our lives over to to each other. We struggle. We believe that God is away and doesn't care about us. But if these valleys are on the way to fresh water because there's something we need, then that means that they must be a part of the right path that we're supposed to go. Don't miss that. If these valleys... Are the way to fresh water and green pastures, then they are on the right path which God wants us to go. So they must be a part of God's plan for providing us life. How often do we think about it this way? When we see the valleys of darkness and danger, we don't we don't want to go there. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to suffer, be sick, or be in poverty. Or somehow we've turned Christianity into a soft religion. Soft cupcakes and roses is what the kind of religion some of the world has made it to be. But it's not. We've, we believe that if God, if this is hard, then this must not be the way. We fooled ourselves into believing that that's the truth. But we know that two things can be true at the same time. We can believe that that death and danger are in front of us, but God is still with us. We know that Jesus is the one who, who went head first into the darkest of times on the cross. That He gave His own life for us to purchase us and make us alive. Just because it's difficult or dangerous or hard or dark does not mean you're not on the right path. Think of Joseph, who spent years in prison for doing nothing wrong, being lied about. He never wavered. He was in prison for years. He was sold by his brothers into slavery. He doesn't waver. He trusts God in the midst of all of that. Why? Because God had a plan to save His people and provide life to them in the midst of a famine. Is this, is this also not the Christian life journey? Is our lives as believers not a journey into knowing and trusting God more? Right? We face trials and temptations, but they ultimately when God when we trust God, they lead us into transformation. And this transformation, which we, we understand is God working in us. you may have heard the term sanctification, is long and is a hard process. It's not easy. It's not something we wake up in the morning like, hey God, please let me go through a deep valley today. That's not what happens. We have to give ourselves to the Lord and trust Him in the midst of all of those dark valleys and difficult times. And we let God work in us and through us. You've probably heard the illustration that when a sheep wanders, the shepherd goes and he gets him and he leaves the The group he goes and gets the shepherd, or he gets the sheep, and what does he do? He breaks the legs and puts the sheep on his shoulders. He carries that sheep until the sheep is ready to walk again. There are difficult and dangerous times in our lives, not because God is laughing at us, but because He wants us to understand that we must trust Him. We must depend fully on Him. When that sheep gets off the shepherd's shoulders and he can walk again, what does he now fully know? This shepherd will provide what I need to eat and what I need to drink and I need nothing else. Because that shepherd, for however long that was, made sure that that sheep was able to eat and provided for him. Through the midst of physical or spiritual hardships, God can use these things to make us look more like Jesus. The writers of Hebrews calls this rest in Christ. This rest is to be whole and complete. That we fully rest in the protection of our shepherd. We have a complete life. And in the end, since that God is shepherd, we do not fear anything even danger or evil god's protection overcomes the worst thing that we could ever face which is fear itself we can trust god in these circumstances and fear can cripple us david understands what fear looks like and what it how it grips us but we can trust him we live in a time where there are all many kinds of folks around us want to use fear on one side or the other to push us in a direction. But we don't have to fear. We can trust God that He's in control. That no matter what comes our way, good, bad, or ugly, we can trust this shepherd who guards us in the midst of these difficult times. He doesn't take us away from them, but is there with us in them. The Father loves you. Jesus is Lord. And the Spirit is with you. So, you can trust his guardian. Now, notice the second half of verse 4. Notice the change from God's third person to God in the second person. Now, I don't tell you an English lesson because I like English. I want you to see the point here. David changes to an intimate language, to an intimate relationship with God. Same relationship that we have. This is my shepherd, he is my shepherd. I don't have to worry about these things. Our shepherd is no longer leading out in the front. He's no longer behind getting stragglers. No, He's right here beside me when difficulty comes. God is able to protect us and guard us. And as our Good Shepherd, Jesus knows what we're going through. The writer of Hebrews says that Jesus, He knows exactly what we've gone through. Jesus knows and therefore can comfort us and guard us in these times. And notice, it isn't just that He's beside us. He's also able to protect us. Look, he has a rod and the staff. The rod was most likely worn on his belt buckle. And it's like a club or a mace. And so he could ward off the wolves or the marauders or whoever is coming after them. And he was also able to have the staff. It was there to walk and to round up the sheep to protect them, to guide them, to guard them together you know that the hands that made a million worlds, that made all the stars, that made everything that we can see at night, He keeps everything we see from spinning into oblivion. He's who is in control. And it's that God who stretched out those hands on a cross for you and me. Even in the midst of the darkest of times that the universe has ever seen, Our God was still in control. Our God was still working. Our God was still working to make us righteous and to bring us into relationship with Him. You can trust this shepherd. You can trust this Savior. And our shepherd, He he guides us, He guards us, but there's a third reason to trust Him. Look there at verse 5. What we're going to see is our shepherd guarantees a relationship with us. Now, as the psalm ends, it changes the the metaphor. The shepherd imagery kind of goes away, but it's still there in the background. And it has this idea of a host or someone preparing a a table or a situation for people. What it shows us is God is ultimately in control and He's able to secure us. Look there at verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. This is most likely a victory celebration, and David foresees a time of victory when he no longer has to run from his enemies, most likely from his son who has, who has come to take the throne from him. In fact, because God provides and protects him, he can sit down and enjoy a meal in the midst of a war or battle or famine. The enemies can do nothing to stop God from providing for David. They can do nothing to stop God from providing for us either. And I think this is a celebration because both the oil and the cup represent abundance and expensiveness. The oil was used to anoint or to set apart and to wash the guest. Now, sheep would need oil to, to repel bugs or cleanse their damaged skin. And this oil proclaims that David, as a guest, is welcomed to God's table. The cup details the kind of moment this is, one of feast, one of celebration. This cup represents that David has all that he needs. He needs nothing else. As it reflects from verse 1. It's enough for David for all time. And, And what we also know about this situation is it's most likely... Not happening in the sense of us in our everyday life. Right? We live in a broken world. We know that there's war and famine and difficulties all around the world. We all face difficulties in our own lives. But do we trust that God is able to guard and guarantee a relationship with us? David and even we were, are separated or were separated if we don't have Christ from God. Sin has caused a rift between us, but this table now, God is welcoming us to His table. He's saying, "Come sit with me, come be with me." In the same way that Jesus breaks the bread and the and gives uh, the wine to His disciples, Jesus invites them into a relationship with Him. This is exactly what God does here for David. He opens his table, and he prepares a table even for, even in the front of his enemies. What's even crazier in Christ, Paul says in Romans five, that no, it's not just that the enemies are on the outside and watching; it's that the enemies are now welcome to the table to have a seat. That we get to be with God, even though we were His enemy. To accept someone as a guest to the table in this time period was to set aside enmity or strife and was to assume responsibility for the safety of that guest while they were in your house. To sit at Yahweh's table is to enjoy fellowship and communion with Him. And to do so in the presence of His enemies is to have a special relationship with God declared publicly to the world, it doesn't matter what happens to me here, it doesn't matter what you do to me, God is for me and He is with me forever. And no one can change that. And to eat and drink with a guest at the table is to form a bond of loyalty. To form a bond of loyalty. But do you know that this table is open? It's open. It's it's inviting you to sit and to rest and for God to provide for you what you need. For the Christian, what are the other places that we're going to, what are the places we believe that, that's filling us up? What are the things that we think that it's if we spend more time here then we're going to be better off as a parent or a father or a spouse or, or an employee? What are the things that we believe that are better for us? Because David believes that this table, this relationship with God is what, where we need to be. And if you're not a Christian today, do you know that God is inviting you into a relationship with Him? He offered His Son freely on the cross for you. He's inviting you to the table to rest with Him. To be known. To be fully known and not be pushed away. To be fed and to never lack ever again. And David He ends the psalm in verse 6. Look there, he says, Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all of my days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. David ends the psalm with the idea of pursuit. And maybe this has been a theme throughout the whole psalm because we know, as I told you, he's probably fleeing his son. Whether it's danger, death, or enemies, right? But this pursuit is focused on what God is doing. What God's going to do. Although all these things are coming at us, God will never leave us. This produces a godly and a God-focused confidence. Think Hebrews 11. We hope in the things that we cannot see. We have a confidence in what God is going to do and what God is doing. And even though we walk through some of the darkest valleys in our lives, David understands for those who are with God, those who have a relationship with Him will be pursued only by the goodness of God. And the graciousness and the kindness of the God who welcomes them to His table. God guarantees a relationship with us. And when He does that, we can count on Him. And David's enemies, and even ours, well, whoever our enemies are, sin, death, others in our lives, they will not be able to pursue us while we are in the house of God. This is where we find protection and security and relationship. God says, here's a table for you to join me forever. And a, re- a relationship with God through Christ guarantees safety and shelter. We no longer have to keep thinking of the next best thing. We no longer have to keep looking over our shoulder. We don't have to wait for the other shoe to drop. God has guaranteed a relationship with us and for us in Christ. We we can trust this God because He guides us into abundant life. He guards us from danger and evil and He guarantees a relationship with us forever. Let me be very honest and very clear with you today. We only receive that guarantee in Christ. There's no other way. There's no other opportunities. It is in Christ and only in Christ and through the gospel. And this gospel produces a relationship with God that we are now brought into his family. We're now seen as his children, as Paul says in Ephesians one, that we've been adopted into this family. We've been brought into the church for, with people who are just like us, far off, but now near to God. We're adopted into His family, brought into His home. And now He guarantees us guidance and protection. And what we see in Jesus is that, as I told you earlier, Jesus is the Good Shepherd in John 10. But Jesus is also the gate. He says, I'm the gate as well. He's the only way. There's nothing else that we can do But here's the good news. Jesus says, he continues to say in John 10, he says, I lay my life down for the sheep. No one forces me to do that, but I lay it down and I have the authority to pick it back up. This is the gospel that we believe. This is the shepherd that we hold to. This is the shepherd that we can trust. Pray with me. God, I ask you today as we think about all the things going on in our world, all the things that we have in our minds and our hearts, all the things that burden us, would You let us trust You in the midst of all those things? Would we declare that You are better? Would we declare that we rest in You because You are for us? You are with us. And no matter what we walk through, You are there. So God, I ask you today that you would remind us every day that you are with us, whether it's through uh, our church family, whether it's through our own own study of your word, whatever it may be, will you remind us that you are with us and you are close by and you are not far off. We need you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.